What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today is Laird Hamilton, American big wave surfer, co-inventor of toe and surfing, and the world-renowned waterman. Laird is known as a pioneer of crossover board sports, is considered the primary influence behind many surfing innovations, including stand-up paddleboarding and hydrofoil boarding. Surfer Magazine labeled Laird as the sport's most complete surfer, displaying almost unnerving expertise in a multitude of disciplines, and flat-out surfing's biggest, boldest, bravest, and the best big-wave surfer in the world today, bar none. Laird is also an international fitness icon and nutrition experts. Professional athletes and celebrities look to him for training guidance, including instruction in his unique underwater-resistant workouts, partnering with his wife, professional volleyball player and TV personality, Gabrielle Reese, Laird created Extreme Performance Training, XBT, a powerful fitness training and lifestyle program. Laird is also a father, a family man. Laird, welcome to the show. I know those are big shoes to fill. I think I, I got my work. I better, I better leave and go keep working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you got some bio and I just want to go all the way back to the beginning because I know you grew up in Hawaii as an outsider, as this white blonde. And yeah. I'm just curious if you could start by talking a little bit about what that experience was like and, and how that shaped you. Well, I, you know, I think anytime uh, any of us, you know, are, are different, you know, what they say different, like just when you're different than, than the majority of the people, wherever you are, right? And, and it could be different acting, it could be different looking, it could be different looking and acting, it could be a combination of a bunch of things. I think it's, you know, when in your formative years, it's, it's, it can be, you know, it's not fun. Let's just put it that way. It's, it's, it's a little, the, that process is, is, you know, can be discouraging and, and, but, but, you know, when you look back at it, I don't think there's very, I mean, and there's always exceptions, but I think there's a, a lot of people that in their lives, you know, when they were, when they went through these, these kind of experiences is that they, that, that those things shaped them, right? And those things built you and made you who you are. And hopefully you like who you are enough uh, to, to be glad that that, that, that that happened, even though along the way, it's not fun. So, uh, you know, I, I will say that, um, you know, not fitting in uh, per se in my, in my, you know, where I grew up, it was probably one of the greatest things that could have ever happened to me. And so, you know, that, that, if I look back on it, I, I, I can only say that it would have been, I would be a different person and I would have had a different life had I fit in, had I been, you know, had I just fit in. I just, I think that if I had been, and I think what one of the things that probably is the most valuable uh, from that lesson for me personally was to just, uh, to, to not adjust what you're going to do because of acceptance, you know, like you're not going to do things because 
you're not going to be accepted or you're going to be accepted. It was kind of like, no, you just do them because you, you love them or you, you have an intuition or you have a feeling you stay true to that. And then I think, and, and I think that benefits you just, you know, throughout your life, you just, when you're not, I mean, ultimately it gets down to that. You don't give the control up, you know, to the other people, you know, that you don't give your potential happiness or, 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 you know, or anything to the other people, you just, you, you hold the keys to the door and, and, you know, only you can, you know, my mom said, you know, you, we are each our own greatest inhibitor, right? We, we stop ourselves from doing things more than anybody stops us. I think we're in a society now, especially more than ever, where we just want to blame somebody or some group or some situation for why we aren't doing well, or why things aren't the way we want them to be, instead of just saying, hey, I'll take responsibility, you know, I'll let's try to make a difference, you know. I've also heard a lot of really powerful interviews of you with your wife talking about how solid your marriage is and the family that you've built. And I'm curious how you went from that experience early on of a lot of people incorrectly telling you maybe you're not enough because you're different to, I feel like in it to have a healthy relationship, you have to really love yourself and be like, no, I am good enough, despite all those things that were told to me, you know, yeah, yeah. Like the opposite. So did you build up a lot of healthy self-esteem through your surfing career before you met Gabby? Did you learn that in the marriage? Well, I think, you, might, you know, I think my mom was very important in building, uh, building self-esteem from an early age that, that she was a critical uh, component in just me believing in myself. You know, she had a lot of belief in me and I think that gave me a certain level of uh, strength. I mean, I had a lot of naysayers around you be nothing. And that works too. You know, you can, you can, that works as well. I mean, sometimes I, I'm learning as a parent, you know, uh, and, 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 and having been a child of a parent and then now being a parent of a child, I'm learning sometimes that, you know, the best examples are how not to be than how to be like, you know, you can be, you can say all the things you want and do all the things you want. But at the end, sometimes it's like, you know, how not to be like, you look and you see, uh, maybe I'm not going to do that. You know, that doesn't look like it's working out well. Um, you hope you're, you hope you're a parent of how to be and instead of how not to be, but you know, sometimes the lessons, at least for me in my life, sometimes those how not to be lessons had more impact. Now, as far as my relationship with Gabby, you know, I, I, I mean, she's an incredible person. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, one thing is I have an incredible amount of respect for Gabby. Um, and so I think that that's critical in, in a relationship that you have respect for your partner and, and, uh, and, you know, I, I, Jordan Peterson has a great line where he says, you know, in a relationship, be right 10,000 times, and then tell me how that relationship's going. And so, you know, probably not. So it's not about <laughs> yeah. being right and who's right. And I want to be right and all that stuff. I think it's more about, you know, it's more about you're in, you're in a, you're in a journey together and you're on a, you're on a mission of living and surviving earth and it's hard work and so, you know, and raising kids and trying to earn a living and, you know, trying to stay healthy and trying to navigate life, you know, having a partner and somebody you can trust and rely on and that you admire and respect. It's critical. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard enough. It's hard enough when you have somebody on your side than when you're just either doing it solo. I mean, my mom, kind of had a solo career 
uh, pretty yeah. much. I mean, she had help along the way, but it was intermittent. And you know, it's 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 nice having a, a partner and a and a and a you know. But but you have to you have to each person has to have their own life. You know, you yeah. got to have your own life. I think it's in you know. I, I always I mean. It's like, hey, Gabby, you go get happy and I'll go get happy and we'll come back. And she'll be like, hey, honey, you know, I think you should probably go right away, right? Like, just go and ride some waves and come back. And, you know, and it's not against her, like per se, you know, she's, she has a really good understanding. Like, it's not against if I need to go do something for myself, it's not against the family. It's not against her. It's, and, and she knows she benefits from that. I think that's something, again, as a good partner, you kind of can kind of see your, partner and you kind of hey you know you might need to or hey that's good or hey might want to pull back on that a little bit <laughs> you know <laughs> i think there's you know it's a it's a it's a you're on a you're on a you're you're sailing a boat and sometimes it's you know sometimes there's victory at sea and sometimes it's you know a nice gentle breeze and you kind of have to you know you have to adapt along the way but i feel like you have tremendous love and respect for Gabby. And you also know when to set healthy boundaries. And I was, I think it was when you were on Tim Ferriss, when you guys were on together, she told the story of how she was trying to initially control you and put you in a box, um, which women try to do. And then ultimately once they're in the box that they want for you, then they don't like you anymore. So I feel like boundaries is super important. And I heard like you have this balance where you said to her one time, Hey babe, I uh, had a mom and she's dead. Yeah. And I, <laughs> could you talk well, about true. that? Yeah, it's true, but it's true. It's true. I mean, I think that, you know, one thing, uh, and I, and I've heard this from multiple people. It's like a woman, you know, when a man and a woman get together, a woman wants to change the man into the man she thinks she wants. And a man wants the woman to stay exactly the way she is. Right. Neither of those are going to happen, but you know, I think, I think that some, you know, I, I, I know that, that, uh, you know, the, the reason why Gabby and I got together in the beginning and the reason why we both were attracted to each other was the, for the things that we need to continue to be, right? And so that init, initial attraction, you're not going to get, I mean, you, you grow into deeper love, but you don't, you're not going to be more attracted to somebody later in a relationship unless some serious, unless you have some serious changes and they have some serious changes and you can grow into, and it can be a different kind of attraction, but that initial thing has to be from something, something that, that is powerful. If it's going to have any chance to survive, you know, the, the, the rocky road. And, and so, you know, you being in part of, I think part of the thing that Gabby was attracted to by me was that I had certain things that like, Hey, I'm on a mission. Like, I'm like, I love you. It, this isn't personal, but I got to go out and ride a giant wave and I got to do these things that I need to paddle across this channel or I need to, you know, you know, I need to be on the hunt. I need to go and pursue prey, whatever that prey is. And that's what I do. And, 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 you know, and, and she was attracted to that and she liked that. And I think if I lose that, first of all, I lose who I am, but then I, then I'll lose. She won't be interested either. Coincidentally. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like you've had this fire for wanting to be that hunter and go after it. I, I have the story uh, from your last movie of eating the soap in front of the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell that? Yeah. I'm curious underneath that, where that came from. Well, there's a certain level of defiance. I think I, I said a bad word in the class and the teacher was like, hey, I'm, you know, gonna, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. And I was like, excuse me, let me, let me help you. I'll, I'll, 
let me help you out here. And I went and I grabbed a bar of soap and I just bit off like a chunk of soap and just chewed it and just like ate it. And it was like, and the teacher was like, Hmm, I guess that's not going to work, you know, like, <laughs> and I think, I think I've had a lot of that in my life. I think I've, I've done a lot of that. That's been one of the things that, that, uh, you know, that's been one of that's, that's connected to that force that I'm, that I'm driven by. Right. That's a piece of that. You know, I mean, I guess, uh, I love the, I love a quote, uh, you know, from throw, you know, the disobedience is the true foundation of liberty and the obedient shall be slaves. I mean, it's like, I, I, I've been, I think there's a certain rebellion and a certain disobedience that, that you just don't accept the status quo. You just, just, just because you've done it, we've done it this way for a thousand years, doesn't mean it's the best way or the only way. And, and I think it's connected to that. I think it's connected to, I think that spirit now, there's some negative aspects to that spirit, obviously, you know, but there's some other things bigger in that, in that kind of philosophy where you just, you just don't accept things for this because they're, you know, because we've always done it that way. So that's why we're doing it. It's like, yeah, that doesn't, I'm not good with that. Like, I'm not okay with that. Um, or we're going to, you know, if you don't, if you do, don't do this, you're going to get, that's going to happen to you. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's roll. Let's let me, you know, I'll deal with the consequences because I'm going to keep doing this. I just, you know, that, like I said, a little bit of that defiant, defiant. Um, that's what's led me into innovation. I think I've been, uh, innovations, you know, connected me to innovation. It's connected me to a lot of um, incredible, uh, you know, opportunities and experiences in my life. I think I did, you know, half the things I've done and, and, and been able to enjoy an experience that make my life feel full, you know, kind of fulfilled and feel, you know, again, a personal feeling of accomplishment comes from that comes from the, Hey, you can't do that. Or you won't be able to, you know, when I was a little kid, I had a guy tell me one time, you know, Hey boy, Hey boy, you can't eat your surfboard. You know, you can't like, meaning like I was just surfing and I was into surfing and I just surfed every day. And he's like, Hey, you can't eat that thing. Like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, settle down and get work. a job, get a job. Yeah. You're gonna have to work. And I'm like, well, I'm going to work with this thing and I'm going to work as hard as people work with anything. And, you know, my mom really was good that way. I think my mom was great. She used to say, I don't care what you do. I don't care what it is, but do it as to the best of your ability. And, 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 and I think that that, you know, I mean, listen, if you were, if you took a chair, and you learned how to balance a chair on your head really well, and you could do all kinds of radical stuff, people would pay you and you would be sought after to just entertain people. If it was just, a Vegas. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, they just, so there's, I mean, again, don't ever underestimate the thing, but don't ever overestimate the, or don't overestimate the thing, but don't underestimate what it takes. Yeah. It's still going to take the effort. It's still going to take the work. It's still going to, there's no way around that part. We're not saying, Hey, don't do anything and it'll all be good. Like, no, you're going to have to work. There's, I mean, this is the environment that we live in and that yeah. we live in a, we live in a dimension where hard work, which is stress, stress on the system, stress on the rose bush when you plant, when you prune it, but it flowers. I mean, it's just, that's the world we live in and you know, anybody, and there's, you know, people step in stuff and, you know, randomly, I mean, I think that it's interesting because we, there's always an exception for every rule, right? So we always have an exception. So we can use that as an excuse to be like, oh yeah, well, that's not an exact science, but 
the truth is, is that our, our, our world is governed by gravity and there, everything has been stress creates benefits, right? I mean, the stress of, of, of compression makes a diamond. I mean, it's, it just doesn't, you know, everything is, is, is around that. And so you, you just can't avoid that part. I think when you try to avoid stress and you look at it, we have a society, you know, we have a culture trying to avoid any kind of stress, even the stress of what to say and not to say, how to thing, all these, we're trying to avoid all these, all these stresses and it's creating vulnerability. It's creating some real issues with, with us physically and yeah. mentally, emotionally. I mean, it's, it's real. It's, 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 it's like, oh, don't offend anybody. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. But at the end, I think that's part of stress. You have to yeah. be. I mean, I, I spent a good portion of my life being offended. Like I've been offended a lot. Like, and some of it I deserved and some of it I didn't deserve, but it yeah. was, it's- You can strengthen it's, us. It's been useful. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I look at like the markets too. Like when the government policy doesn't allow market corrections to happen and then everything just gets too propped up. It's not real. Not real. Yeah. Not real. Not, not real. Not honest. Not, we, I mean, you have to have consequence. That I, that I try to teach my children. It's like, I, it's yeah. a balance. Like, Hey, you can't just put your hand over the fire and be like, wow, I didn't get burned. Like consequences. You know? like, the, yeah. Yeah. And the burn serves a purpose to yeah. not do that. Oh, so, Hey, God, stay away. Be, be aware. Yeah. That's hot. Like we, yeah. we, I mean, it's, again, it's the world that we're in. Right. And so, you know, I, I know as a parent, you know, in the beginning, when you first have a, an infant and you know, you just, you're just so like, okay, don't be, oh, there's a step. There's a thing that don't, you know, I mean, everything is a, you know, everything is a, is a, is a, is a, uh, uh, I would say everything is a, is something that can hurt you, right? Pretty much. It's just everywhere. There's just things that everything's a weapon or a, or a traumatic crash, right? And so you're running around, but if the, you don't let the kids, you know, like fall off the first stair, then they're going to climb up 10 stairs and you're not going to be there. And they're going to do the 10 stair roll after that, where if they fall a little bit on the first one, they'll be like, hmm that didn't feel good. I don't think I want to fall from two and I know I don't want to fall from 10. And so that's how we, you know, again, that's a little, that's a little bit of the nature of the way our system has been developed. You know, like I, I mean, I, you know, the ocean teaches you that, like, if you don't, if you, you, you take a pounding and, and the ocean, it's not personal. It's not like any kind of vindictive thing. It's just, it's just, you're just there and it does it and you have to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And learn from it. And I want to also ask you, we were talking about kind of obedience versus disobedience. And I see how your healthy disobedience has resulted in so many good things in your career and your life. But was there ever a time where you were like, this is too much. I got to be obey better. Oh, I, I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I mean, we, we live in society, you know, we, we, we live in, we live in a, in a, in a world uh, society we live with we live and we have policemen and lawyers and you know and we have and we have people misbehaving all the time and you know it caveman style would be like you know you get your club and you go good good and you're like okay you know the, or you get clubbed or you'd club and we don't live in that world right we're not we're not in the in the time of the uh you know we're not in the knights of the round table it's it's, it's there's a lot of and so you there's a lot of times that you have to restrain yourself there's a lot of restraint that goes into into being a dad there's a lot of restraint that goes into being in a relationship 
There's a lot of restraint, restraint that, that there goes into living in society. I mean, this is all restraint. Everywhere is restraint, 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 right? And so, it, it, I mean, I think there's, there's an abundance of that. There's no shortage of times to, that you have to be obedient, right? Where we got plenty of that, we're covered. It's more like, how can I constructively be disobedient? Right. How can I do it constructively and in places that I, I'm allowed to? And, you know, I mean, we, that's why we have sports like we have games like football. So guys can just, you know, run into each other and club each other. And I mean, maybe you get a, you know, a penalty and you have to go back 10 yards or something. But I mean, the, we, we have these venues for us to express some of these more kind of primal energies that we have um, that that have been what allowed us to survive as well. And allowed us to accomplish a lot of success. I mean, without these kind of things, we would have never hiked to the top of the mountain. We would have never sailed across the ocean. We would have never gone to the moon. We would never have done any of the things we've done. So I, I think that there's a, you know, those are essential pieces. We've lost some of that. I think we're in a state, in a, in a time when that's become less respected maybe less appreciated it's almost like oh no that's yeah that's not that's primitive like that's like you don't do you can't do that so i think there's some there's some of that going on that 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 probably isn't really healthy for anybody actually but we haven't we won't see that until we go through the process of having full implementation of the restraint of every kind of aspect of defiance and you know and then and then you see and we're i mean we're seeing it right now we're seeing some of it right now but uh you know i mean listen i i i've you know i mean my my i, I my i think I, I spent a good portion of my life um being obedient you know being and and, and i mean these are i i a time to be obedient i i have a, i've been and i've been able to make i've had the fortune to to kind of be obedient on my own terms. And I think that's something that's been really a blessing and a, and a luxury um, for me that I, that I really understand that I've had that, that fortune to be able to kind of choose my own way. I chose kind of my own route in, in my career. Um, you know, I've, I've it, the irony is, um, you know, that you do some things in your life that, you know, now we, we laughed the other day because, you know, somebody said, oh, it was so amazing. You know, you, you, you helped those people and you did this thing and, you know, and you did all these and they were, and, and you were all of a sudden you were being complimented for doing what would be, I would consider normal and what you're supposed to do. Mm. And now you're getting complimented for that. And I found that kind of amazing. Like, well, now to be rebellious or to be defiant is almost to just do the right thing, yeah. do the right thing and be honest, be huh. honest, do the right thing, help people, you know, just do, do what you're supposed to do. That's amazing. That's incredible. I mean, it's a, and you're like, wow, that's strange that you're getting complimented for just doing what you're supposed to do. But yeah. in my, in my, like either being polite or treating people respectfully or, you know, all whatever, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. Anyway, it's just, it's, it was, it's an interesting process that, that, you know, it almost comes back around where defiance just starts to become the status, like what you're supposed That's to do. Well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, like oh my God, I'm this guy, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm curious. Cause I mean, looking at your life, the family, your marriage, your career, your surfing, 
What would you say are one or two things that you're really grateful for that were totally unexpected that shifted the trajectory of your life? Like something just happened out of your control by fate, grace, God. And you're like, oh my God, look how things Well, Gabby would be one. Yeah. I mean, Gabby, Gabby would be, Gabby would be one of those, one of those, uh, I mean, listen, my, I mean, were, you know, that I, that my mom took me to Hawaii as a child, uh, and that, you know, and that I grew up in Hawaii, that I was able to have the fortune to kind of be adopted by Hawaiians and, you know, like got brought in to a culture that, that gave me, uh, uh, you know, that gave me a, a, an identity, you know what I mean? Like gave me an, a, a certain identity to pursue something that I could say, hey, I would like to be this way. I'd like to have these values. You know, I'd like to be like this. I mean, I think that, you know, I think Hawaii, I, I, I mean, Gabby, uh, you know, my mom uh, surfing, you know, I mean, <laughs> give me, you know, my children, uh, I heard you talking about uh, Hawaii one time and you referred to it as a country. And Mm -hmm. then right after I heard you say that another person who I know lives out there, you just moved out there also referred to it as a country and not a state. Oh yeah. Curious. Yeah. Could you talk about that? When I used to go to Europe, I'd go to Europe and they get, they go, Oh, you're an American. And I'd be like, well, yeah, no, I'm from Hawaii. And they're like, but that's in America. I'm like, Actually, no, that's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> is, we have is that anchor, the attitude, you know? like the locals, they really see themselves like that? Hawaii, Hawaiians. Yeah. Oh, and, and, you know, you can be, if you're from Hawaii, you don't, you're not, you don't have to have even Hawaiian blood. You just have a mentality, right? There's a, there's the aloha spirit. There's, there's a certain, and, it, and it's become gentrified and less like that than when I was a child. But there's a certain way, you know, that people had, and actually, um, you know, in Afghanistan, they have some similar customs. Uh, it's it's a, a little more tribal, like you take in people into your family. Like in Hawaii, we have this thing called Hanai, which means that it's like an adopting when you pull somebody and just make them part of your family. And so and in Afghanistan, they do the same thing. Like in, in, in the, in the uh, you know, the lone survivor, the guy gets pulled in by the Afghan family. And, right. then, they make it, and then all of a sudden, like once he's with them, they're, it's like, that's he's one of the family members. Yeah, they're risking him. themselves against the Taliban. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, and the yeah. Hawaii's is we have the same exact tradition uh-huh. there. But you know, we have the Aloha spirit, the generosity, uh, and 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 the whole all of those things. So, yeah, I mean, whenever I traveled around the world, I was always go, "Hey, I'm I'm from Hawaii," and they'd be like, "Oh, you're an American." I'm like, "Yeah, no, I'm from Hawaii. Like, I'm an American. Yeah, you're right. I'm American, but." I'm from Hawaii and, and there, and there is a difference, you know, there's a difference, like even in America, there's a difference between people from the South and sure. people from the North and people yeah. from the East coast and people from the West coast. I mean, everywhere, even within, within the continental U S there's differences between the values of, Hey, I'm from Texas. Like uh, I'm from Texas. Like, well, you know, you're an American. Yeah, but I'm from Texas. I'm a like, Texan. I'm a Texan American. Yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I'm a Hawaiian American. So yeah. yeah, we, we, Hawaii definitely has its own identity and its own, its own characteristics of, of the way. And, and, you know, it's Polynesian descendants, right? So you're talking about a, a culture that we're navigating by stars before there was longitude and latitude. I mean, you're wow. talking about guys that can find little rocks in the middle of the ocean from, from the stars and, and living off the ocean. And, and they, in the peak of the civilization, the Hawaiians were the largest 
humans on earth. They weren't the tallest African, the African tribes were the tallest, but the Hawaiians were the largest like people. And because mm-hmm. they had the best environment, best air, best water, right. best food. And so they just grew, you know, they grew into big, powerful, powerful people. And so, uh, you know, and when you grow up with a, with, you know, some descendants of giant, of ancient Hawaiians, you really admire that culture, you know, and that's part of the reason why I think I, um, you know, surfing was the only thing that created equality, right? Surfing was a place of equality. That's why I love the ocean mm-hmm. um, because we didn't matter who, how rich, how strong, how, how, what color, none of that was like, doesn't, we don't care. It's yeah. the ocean. It's you and me. It's like our skill, our understanding, our abilities, that's going to be the thing that separates us. Um, you know, I was saying, you know, that we're all equal before a wave. And so uh, it, it's, and then just your, your, you know, your skill will determine your success and failure. And I, and I, and I, I really, um, I was fortunate to have that, 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 and that sport is, was created by the Hawaiians. So, um, and, and, you know, and that sport's gone around and influenced, you know, the whole world from a little rock in the Pacific. Surfing is from Hawaii. It's not from California. It's not no. from Australia. Yeah. yeah Hawaiian. Yeah. yeah. Hawaiian. It's good. Hawaiian. So your mom, I mean, some big lessons you've learned from her, like what made her so special? Obviously she had this tremendously positive impact on your life. Um, I think my mom's courage, my mom's courage was, my mom was a courageous woman, uh, and would, and I've saw it, I saw it many times in many different ways. I think the first thing that was the, the most courageous was that she just, you know, was pregnant with me had was, you know, I was born and then she just took me to Hawaii by herself and went and just moved from California to Hawaii in the 60s what was the gem did she have like a best friend did she have like a best friend friends yeah she grew up in southern california and so we're uh, around uh you know the gidget surfing culture so she grew up around surfing her friends were filmmakers and surfers she surfed um and so she grew up in in southern california around surfing and kind of the boom of surfing in the early 60s and so um so hawaii and hawaii was like that was the, you know, that was the mystical, the mystical, magical, you know, palm trees, coconuts, rainbows and waves, right. And giant waves. And so, and well, just waves in general, like this. And, and again, you know, the irony is, is that one of the best places to surf happens to be where surfing was created. I mean, there's, there's some parallel, there's a parallel there. Right. Um, And so, yeah, so she took me to, took me there and then, you know, and then ultimately lived to like move to the end of a road up a, up a, up a, you know, a dead end road uh, amongst a bunch of local people. And, and, you know, my mom worked hard and, 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 uh, you know, earned a living and took care of the us. And I mean, my mom, like I said, her, the courage that my mom had, um, and, you know, and it was, was awe inspiring. Like my mom was at a, a, a an incredibly hard worker and, 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 and a very intelligent woman, a lot of just a profuse reader. She just read, I mean, she, we have way out a wall in the house of books she read and my mom would, could read. My mom would read books like this thick in a weekend. Like my wow. mom was just a consumer of, don't, don't play Scrabble with my mom. Let's just say that. <laughs> my mom's not the person you play Scrabble with. Yeah. So, 
um, but yeah, so she, so she, you know, her influence on me and her, her, I, I, you know, she read me a lot of books when I was very young and, and just absorbed, you know, she read me, you know, the, mo the most recent movie Dune, she read me Dune probably multiple times, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, all the trilogy of the Lord of the Rings. I mean, she, my mom read me a lot of books as a young, probably why I didn't learn how to read quickly when I was young because I my mom read me read she read to me I'm like why do I need to read mom reads to you so <laughs> um and so but that had a huge effect on my kind of imagination and and just my whole you know I think I mean that's that's a that was a contributing factor um to to and, and her belief in 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 us you know her children her son she had a lot of belief in in us and but it was always about how you were and not what you did you know I have a saying about Hawaii. Hawaii is an interesting place. It's, we don't care who you are. We care how you are, right? You can come there. We don't care who you are. You can be any, we can, you can be the prince of Arabia. We don't care, but how are you? Are you polite? Are you respectful? You know, do you have, there's just, those were the things that are important, were important. And so, and, and that, that was my mom. My mom didn't, she could care who you were. She didn't care who you were. She cared how you were. Like, how are you as a person? Are you generous? Are you loving? Are you caring? Are you empathetic? You know, like, what are your values? That, that, those were the important things that, that my mom raised me with, but also too, that culturally that was connected to the culture there too. Did you have a relationship with her parents at all? And if not, what was their story? Can you track these qualities in her back? Well, my grandmother, my grandma, uh, drove across the country with just her two children. I think she had a falling out with her husband or I don't know what it, what it was. It, it was kind of back to a single mom with kids. And, uh, and my, my grand, my grandmother um, was mean, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but she was also, I mean, I mean, part of her, maybe because she was maybe because it was hard too. you know, it was hard, hard. And so I think life sometimes can make you hardened. Um, you know, when, 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 and, and, and I think it's different at different times and different places. I think, you know, being a single mom in one place or in one time is a lot different than being in a single mom in another place in another time. And those are two different things. You can say, Hey, single mom, single mom. And you could be like, but those are two really different experiences. Um, and so I think my, during my, my grandmother's time, um, but my, my grandma was a tough lady. Like she, my, my grandma was it was tough. And I think that it was, I think that was part of what, what made my mom the way she was, you know, like, I think my mom's, my, my, my grandmother's toughness made my mom more loving, more, mm -hmm. more, a lot more, uh, empathetic or a lot, a lot, just a lot, had a lot more sympathy and a lot more, a lot more tolerance, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it, you know, some of that happens too, right? Sometimes, sometimes we get, as the generations go, we get less and less of one way or more and more of another way. So right. it just depends on where part of the arc it's on. If you're, if you're at the pinnacle of the arc of, you know, uh, of sweet, then you might get a little sour. And if you're at the pinnacle of the article of sour, you might get a little sweet. It's just, you know, I think that's kind of how, how, uh, biologically things work, you know, I, I, again, it's, it's because at a certain point when you get too, so far there's nowhere else to go and i think we're always trying to be different i look at my children you know they're like they just want to be different than us right we i think we all you know you no matter what 
you want to be different than your parents, even though you don't always get to be different, you know, you just, you, but you want to be in initially like, Hey, you're, I mean, if you look at really strict parents, the kids are wild. You look at really wild parents, the kids are all square and real straight and like, you know, it just, you know, it's just part of this, part of the ebb and the flow. Totally. The the pendulum. Yeah. yeah, That's part of what keeps the, keeps everything in balance and just have radical parents and then even more radical kids and then even more radical. That'd be a debacle. That would be <laughs> right. Yeah. I believe there's this big need for more integrated masculine men, leaders, family men, people like yeah. you, but you had a stepfather and there was yeah. a relationship there, but also like more so how you developed into the integrated man that you are without these male role models, because I feel like a lot of people just say, Oh, I didn't have a dad. So I'm just going to be this. Well, I had men I looked up to, um, you know, I had a stepdad, obviously I had a stepdad. Um, I had a real dad who I didn't really know who I found when I was 20, 20 something. I tracked him down and went and had breakfast, just wanted to meet him and see what he looked like. Um, kind of thing, kind of just answer that question. I had a question like, Hey, who is this guy? You know, why, why did he never come and, you know, send a card or try to, and I, you know, in relationships, you never know. I mean, I learned, you know, it's, it's funny when you're young, uh, we have a saying, you know, quick hurry up and hire your children while they still know everything. Because, you know, when you're young, you always have absolutes and I never would and this and everything's real black and white, right? And then as we go along, it gets less black and white. And pretty soon you realize it's just all gray, right? So it's like, but, um, but then, you know, my stepdad and I. Uh, and when you met your dad, was there like, you know, a desire from either side to connect again or it was like one time yeah maybe maybe a little bit but not I mean I think more some more on his side out of maybe that he felt had some guilt involved connected to it um less on my side because I was like we don't really have anything in common that you know because we because what you realize at least from my experience personally was there's some you can you can create obligation right we can have this kind of create we, we create obligation like oh that's your blood and your dad and you have all this but this is a social construct right but in the real nature you just have experiences and so you have memories you have things you've done together that's why adoption is so powerful because if i get you when you're a baby and i raise you as mine you're mine yeah you're, you're mine it doesn't matter what I look like and you look like, and you could be a dog and I could be a horse, but at the end, we're, we're going to have this thing that we're connected because we connect from, and you're going to have similarities, genetic similarities and traits that you're connected to, but without memories, it's kind of, it's a weird, it's a shallow relationship. You have deeper ones with friends that you have more time with. And so there, so I, I, and I have a, I'm kind of bad that way. I'm pretty honest, you know, like, I don't like, I'm not going to pretend like something's not what it is. It's either it is, or it's not. And so I just didn't have a chemistry of with him. And I was just like, okay, I'm cool. Like, yeah, you're yeah. Cool. And I think, I mean, I communicated a couple more times with him, but I just didn't, it wasn't like, I had this desire to have this intimate relationship with him, Um, you know, which I've had intimate relationships with men that I respected over my life that I admired some of the male traits that they had. There was things about it, maybe not one that was all inclusive, maybe not one guy that had every single thing that I respected. Right. But there's loyalty. um, There's honor. 
you know, there's, there's uh, compassion. I mean, there's, there's things, there's these traits that you admire in, in, in men and in women, just in people in general. But um, when you're looking at, as a male, looking at another male and you're like, Hey, yeah, that guy's, you know, that's a man. And like, not because you're big and tough, but because you have these things that, you know, that are admirable. And you know what, you could be big and tough. And that could be the thing that you're admirable for. But then you'd be like, hmm, yeah, but you're this life, this part of your life sucks. And that thing's this and you're unhappy and all these other, because you don't have the, you don't have a, a certain balance, right? You don't have a certain amount of, amount of, um, there's a great thing. There's a great quote that said, you know, to be uh, heroic, you have to have compassion. So it's impossible to be heroic without being compassionate. And so you, if someone does not have compassion, if there's a man, a male that's not, does not, doesn't have empathy or compassion, I think it's impossible to truly be masculine. I, I just don't think you can fully blossom to your, to your, to your potential without being compassionate. You just can't. I just think it's a big piece of it. And, so, and I think that's something that we were so like hard, like I'm man and I don't this and you don't cry. And no, like all the toughest guys I know will shed a tear and they don't have any problem with it. It's, there's no, there's no shame in that. So, but you know, like I said, so I had a, I, I've had a lot of men in my life that I've looked up to a lot of different kinds of men that, that I uh, admired, um, you know, some successful and some not as successful, but you know, the, the funny thing is, cause you know, people are, are it's interesting because people will be like, Oh, you only like people that are successful, but it's actually like, no, no, that it just happens to be that a lot of successful people have these high quality traits, right? Like hard work, you know, certain values, like there's certain things that just happen to come with a certain level of success. And when I success success, I don't mean a big bank account. I mean, you know, good relationships and, 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 you know, and honor and respect from their peers and what, you know, and all these other things that, 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 uh, we don't value, uh, in society as much anymore. Um, and, and, you know, maybe we always, it's always been an ebb and the flow in that, in that, but yeah. So, so my stepdad, you know, he had, he was a little bit more like an older brother. The truth is, is that it was more like our relationship initially was, he was my hero. And, and because I didn't have any, a dad and I was just like, what would my dad look like? And then he looked exactly like my dad looked like, I thought my dad would be like, my dad would be this guy. And, you know, and he was a great surfer and a, and a, and a, and a man, you know, a, a manly man, like a man, like he was a dude, like he'd brawl and you'd be like, okay, you know, he, he, he didn't, you know, he, he would, he would. Uh, and so I had a, uh, I, that, and then the dynamic because our age difference and because he was young and, you know, taking on a, a family was a big responsibility. I think there was a, some heavy stress on him um, as well uh, that I see understand better now. Um, I think it's hard to be a young father. I think being a young father is a, is one of the most challenging things that any, any ma male can do. I mean, I think being a young mother is <laughs> equally challenging, if not more, but being a young uh, a young, a young father is, is, is difficult, right? Well, you, your difficult. mom was like late twenties and he was like 18 yeah. or 19. Yeah. 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 So I just want to say that well, early twenty, oh, early twenties and yeah, our mid, mid twenties. And he was eight, yeah, younger than my mom. And, uh, and so, and he, so he was like an older brother. And so we had, we had the friction of that too. So we had a friction, especially as I got older, 
then we started to get the rub. You know, we started to get the rub of a, that, that you'd have with a son if you were a man anyway, that there's a certain male and male rub that, that you're going to have part of biology. Like, so you leave the house and go out and make your own house, you know, part of what we do. You got to have a little bit of friction. I mean, not, I mean, that seems to be more common than not. And not everybody has it. It's like, I see guys that don't have the friction and I'm like, cool, that's cool. That's interesting thing. But I see a lot more people with the friction, especially when, when we become hormonal, you know, when, when males become, you know, we start kind of getting our testosterone and we start becoming little men into men. Yeah. Challenge, challenge, like let's two bulls in the field. Let's, you know, let's bang horns. Yeah. So, uh, and so I think that was, you know, and I, and I was, you know, I, I would say I was probably more than difficult, uh, as a, as because of that attitude that we talked about earlier, you know, hard to parent me, like, you're going to have to probably, you're probably going to have to, you know, whoop me. You're going to have to whoop yeah. me. You're going to yeah. have to whoop me. Cause, cause <laughs> I ain't gonna, you're not gonna, you're not gonna negotiate with me and you're not going to manipulate me. And now uh, you're going to have to physically get me and make me, you know, fear you probably. So I had some of that. I definitely feared him. I definitely yeah. feared him. I was, I was probably more scared of him than I was of anybody or anything. Yeah. As painful as that was both emotionally and physically to experience that, do you like looking back, wish that he would have been softer or do you feel like that almost shaped you in some ways? I don't think he, I don't, the truth is I don't think that, that it could have been different. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it could have been different. I mean, I, obviously it could have been different, but I don't think that, that it, it, that what was happening was going to allow it to be different than it was being where he was at, being where I was at, right. being in the situation that we were in, being what I needed, ultimately what he was, you know, and is, and I mean, it just, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was, I mean, we had a rumble. We had a, we had a, and it only got, it, it started out as a play partner and fun. Then my brother came along that probably put a crowbar in the, in the, in the, in the wheel because he, my brother was the real son of, of the guy of, of or biological. So father, yeah. He's the real, he's the real son. And then now I'm not the real son and he is. And, and then I, you know, and then I'm like challenge. I want to, I'm going to like, I'm going to, and I, and I think I had that. I was, you know, I had that as a little bit of a disclaimer. I could always just be like, well, I'm not the real son. So I could get, that was my out. Like that right. was my, that was my, my little parachute that I could use. I could pull that out when I needed it mm-hmm. conveniently. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, I mean, listen, we were, we were, and, and, and ultimately it was a challenge in the ocean, right? Like, it, like it became a challenge in the ocean. Like that was the thing was like, I'm going to outsurf you. And he's like, you're never going to outsurf me in your life. And I'm going to like, I'm going to outsurf you. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> like, that's where it got to, right. It got, it got to that. It yeah. got to that. And, and, and so, uh, you know, so, so, but, and, and like I said, I, for, I was incorrigible, like as a, like trying to, I would just, I don't, I don't know if I right now at my age with my experience could have not, I, I don't know if I could have handled me. To, to raise me the way I was at that time in that environment, I, I, I would have probably reacted similar to him too. I would have yeah. just, I just, I, you know, I, I would have, I think I would have been just like, <laughs> like I, yeah, I don't think yeah. so. But, 
Um, but yeah, so that was a, you know, that was a, I mean, I've been fortunate to be blessed with daughters. You know, I have some young males now that come into, into my life that I'm able to, to help to mentor. You know, I, I, I think I saw that my whole life. Like I've seen, I always saw myself old and gray, like a, like, like a wizard, you know, it's like a, like a, go see that guy. If you want to do something and the young guys seek you out and you know, you're somewhere in the bushes and they come, they show up and you're like, Oh, you want to, you know, <laughs> are these like, uh, you want to go like, to the mountain? No? <laughs> you want to go to the mountain? Okay. Well, okay. Let's see what you got. <laughs> come follow me young grasshopper. <laughs> A little bit like, I mean, I'm honored to have that. And you realize, I think part of your part of the growth and really evolving is that right. Yeah. Then you're, can you, then you can be, you know, in Adlerian philosophy, you can be of servant, then you yeah. can be of service. Yeah. So then you become of service. And so, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, um, yeah, I think being, I think the, again, again, the examples of how to be and how not to be having the men that I was fortunate to look up to there, you know, there was a lot of incredible men that, that I've been exposed to in my life that I've looked up to that I, that I got to cherry pick a little bit. I went, yeah, I like that trait. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I like that trait. Yeah, I like that trait. You know, it's like kind of go through and just try to pull the things that you respect and you like and and then and then try to implement. You know, that's yeah. that's the, that's and that's the ongoing thing. There's no there's no end, right? There's no like, oh, you're you've arrived and you're, you know, a competent parent. Yeah, sorry. No, you suck and you're going to continue to suck, but you're going to try to get better and it's going to it's a moving target, right? The kids are a moving target, the relationships are a moving target. You know, uh your health is a moving target. Everything's moving. Everything's constantly a moving target. There's no, there's no just like, that was good. We're done. Like until it's over until you're, you know, until they throw the dirt on the hole, it's, it's moving. The thing's moving, everything's moving. And I think it's all about that. Just keep, you know, pay attention. That's what we, that's our motto right now for the, the this time we're in right now. I just, it's called, this is the pay attention time. This is pay attention, keep your eyes open, keep looking, be aware. And, and it's, and it's, but it doesn't, it's always like that, right? With, with the family and the relationship, it's like, Hey, when Gabby says something, just understand what she's saying, not what she's saying. Like, what does mm. she mean? Like, what does she mean when she says that? Not what she said. I heard what she said, but what she meant and you, you know, but again, that's because you got to pay attention. You can't just. You can't I take think, it at face value. You can't take it word for word. Yeah, well, it's, you just get, you just don't get complacent, right? Yeah. I mean, you're in the ocean, you don't do that. You can't do that in a relationship. You can't do that with your health. You can't do that with, you know, as a parent. You just can't, you, you can't just get complacent. You can't be like, well, that's good. And this is all good because it's going to always move. It's going to yeah. always, you know, you're yeah. going to have to, you're going to be the wax on, wax off guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we were talking about your mom and then you mentioned some of the other things that you're most grateful for Gabby, obviously being one of them. Um, can you talk about when she first came to interview you and what you thought of her initially, your initial judgments of her when you first met versus the evolution of that relationship? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I mean, as a, I'm like, okay, great. I got this, you know, hot dingy girl right like i'm like here like because I, I don't know and i'm like you know and, and it's like coming to host the show and i'm like oh here we go i'm gonna just you know it's like and i and i think again you know more and, and when you're younger you're just a lot more critical right so 
in that at that time my criticism to that to the media in general was just harsh because I was because I because I had been kind of an outcast even within surfing right so even within surfing I was I've never been was accepted within the industry itself I had to kind of just be on the side and hammer my own way and then I got acceptance of some of the achievements but I wasn't like being nurtured by the industry it wasn't like hey you're the chosen one and we really are behind you it was like yeah right. no he's over there doing something and we don't even know what that is kind of thing and so my criticism so you know when gabby came along in that interview you know i always told somebody it was love at first conversation you know that it was after the i was after the interview and the conversation that we had i was like this is a very intelligent woman and my mom was a smart lady so i was smart lady savvy like i was not i don't care you know somebody's like, oh, she's so beautiful. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. I'm not going to, that's, that's, that's it. I'm going to have to, where this is, yeah, I don't, I don't. And, and, and I wasn't even in a position to even be remotely interested anyway. I was in a relationship at the time and had a, had a young child and that, that was at complete, that was a disaster that I was dealing with. And I was just trying to ride giant surf. And I was like, so not even remotely looking when lightning struck, it was like a, a bolt of lightning came and just, you know, speared me. And it was like, there was no, I'd like to say that it was, you know, some orchestrated plan and I was very calculated, but not even close. It was just like a bolo punch from the side, just caught me in the, and I was, and I was, I was over. It was, it was, it was the end story, end game. Yeah. And, and do you feel like, and, and so the spoiler alert is a week later, you guys are living together, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that was the only way it was going to happen. That was the only, that was the only way it was going to happen that we wouldn't, it would, we weren't going to be able to be together if there, if there wasn't that kind of, that kind of a move. It was just, it was, it was just, that's the, that's the, that was the power of that, that meeting, that, that, that connection, that connection, you know, it was like plugging in, you know, a circuit that was, that was this, what it was. It was just that, you know, I'm, I'm there, you're here, we're together. Otherwise, otherwise let's not, we won't pretend because it's not going to, we're not going to, Hey, you go do your thing and I'll do my thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe we can, I'm like, yeah, no. And that's just not my style anyway. I'm not going to, it would be like, yeah, okay, cool. Then it's over, <laughs> you know, like it's not yeah. work. So I wasn't going to just pretend, you know, I wasn't going to play, play relationship. What was going to happen? So would you extract a takeaway for listeners of like, when you know something and you felt that intuition, just go all in? I think it just, I think it depends on who you are. I think it, 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 you know, I've only benefited from, from my intuitions in my life. And I've had quite a bit of experience with that, with instincts and, you know, both ways, like, hey, you know what, this just doesn't feel right. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but something's up here. And then you come around the corner and there's, you know, a big bear or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just, we have the, that thing. And so if you have any relationship with it, I, you know, um, I, 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 so far I've just never, I've never been let down by it. You know, I've never been when I, when I, but when I was being honest, right. When I was being honest, because sometimes I think, yeah, I've, 
you know, I got this intuition, I should go da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, no, that's something else, right? There's, there's desire and there's other things, but there's, then there's just real, like real kind of, you know, life altering things. And, and, you know, that was, and maybe, maybe mine, maybe, maybe mine was heightened, uh, not from the situation, but also from what, you know, this, all my time in the ocean and that kind of that, that ability to kind of like, you know, Hey, I just feel like there's a giant shark. And then the next day the guy's like, Hey, did you hear about that giant shark? I go, yeah, I was out there. I felt that thing. Like, like, you know, like, like maybe just some of that, some of that's connected to that. Right. Some of that's connected to that, that, that kind of other thing that we've had in us for a long time. We've had, we've had these skills. I, I, I try to react to them all the time. I try to listen to them and try to use them because it, it is a, it is a muscle. And if you use it and rely on it, 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 it gets stronger and it's useful. I think there's some real legitimacy to it. And we're, we're, we're numbed by it now, you know, fluoride doesn't help, you know, calcification of the pineal gland is not great, but, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's some real, you know, there's some real power in that, in that, in instincts and in intuitions. I mean, these are real, like, I've had Gabby warn me before, you know, like, Hey, you know what, tomorrow, I don't know. I just something about be careful. And then, you know, I might be in a situation. I'll be like, Oh yeah, glad you said something. So there's, there's, there's a real, there's real stuff there. And, and, uh, and I, I would say probably one of the greatest things that uh, it, that's happened in my life was, is the result of it. So that's proof right there. <laughs> yeah. For me, for me personally, yeah. I wouldn't tell anybody like, Hey, just to get in on tuition. And you're like, you know, hey, I got this situation. I should buy that new car. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the problem, right? We yeah. get we abuse a little bit of the abuse of that. Too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like some people say, is this God speaking to me or is this the devil pretending yeah. to be God? Yeah. Well, yeah. you never know. <laughs> I know in your relationship with Gabby, there was a point where um, I know you had someone in France that was gifting you a lot of wine and then you got more into drinking and then realizing that was a problem. So I'm, I'm curious of that. I personally had uh, an addiction to pornography and I'm outspoken about how I overcame that. I volunteer now for people yeah. in recovery. Yeah. And I'm just curious to hear about kind of what that was like for you in your life and your marriage and, you know, just another that was going to be the down. That was it. Well, first of all, my, I came from an alcoholic background. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my mom was an alcoholic for sure. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and so, uh, and so I was around it socially accepted, you know, like just where I grew up, it was like part of a kind of a test of manhood, like how much beer can you drink and still stand up. And, you know, I mean, that was just, I grew up like that. Like I grew up in a, in a you know, in a, uh, in an environment that was, you know, there was a lot of alcohol. And so for me, it was just, and I never drank hard, hard booze, but, and it was always, too, there was always kind of this thing about, hey, I can drink, a, you know, I can drink a couple bottles of wine every night and wake up at 5 a.m. and lift weights and swim the channel and ride a giant wave. So what's the problem? Right. And it's a problem. <laughs> so there's a problem. And so uh, and, and it was it was uh, and I'm probably not the funnest. I mean, I, 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 it depends on who it is and where it is. But I'm probably not the funnest drunk to be married to. Um, I probably was really fun as a friend, you know, because I, we could do radical stuff, you know, leap buildings in a single bound, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, 
but, uh, but yeah, but I, I looked at it as a weakness, you know, at a certain point. And, you know, my mom said, again, a quote from my mom, if you can't be true to yourself, you can't be true to anyone. And so what I thought was, is that, and I do it, you know, I'd be like, ah, I can stop drinking anytime I want. And I'd go a couple of days, go a week, go two weeks, go a month, sure. And then I'd go back into it again. And then pretty soon I was just like, I'm a hypocrite. Like I'm, I'm just, I can't even, I can't even control myself. How can I be honorable to anybody? And, and uh, you know, and, and I think that had I not, had I not stopped drinking that I wouldn't, that Gabby and I wouldn't be together right now. Wow. There's no way, there, there's no way that we would have, that we, that she would have been able to, to survive me if I didn't, you know, do hurt myself or hurt somebody or something. It just yeah. was, there was nothing good coming out of it. And, and at a certain point, all arrows were pointed to like, Hey, you got, let's see what you got. And so I just stopped one day. I just said, that was it. And that was the last time I ever touched anything. And I haven't drank in like 14 years. Wow. That was really going to be one of my biggest questions was that, that how did you just, you just I, stopped. I did that. How did I do that? Yeah, like I, I mean, it. I'm. I did for it. Me, it was like but I did it, yeah. but you know why? You know why? Because I really wanted to. Yeah. I didn't not want to and say I wanted to, or I didn't kind of not want to. I I got to a point because I had stopped before and done it and been like, you're, you're just, you know, you just, you're full of it. You're not, you're not able to actually follow through with your thing, and so I was like, let's just see what I got. Like, let's see if I can actually do what I say, you know, let's see if I can do what I say. And so I, I, that was where I got, I got to that point where I'm like, you know what, if I don't, it's going to really, it's going it, to, it, it, it's, it's, I'm going to regret this the rest of my life. Yeah. And I don't want to have that. I don't want to regret that. And I love my family. I love my children. I want to surf until I don't want to surf, not until I because I can't for some reason, because I did something stupid or because I have my, just all the, like I said, all the arrows pointed to it. And it was just, it was like, I look at it like a challenge. It looked for me, it was like, okay, challenge. This is your big wave. This is the giant wave that you want to ride that you've been waiting your whole life and training your whole life to ride, ride it, do it. Let's see you ride it. So, and then, uh, and I'd have, in the beginning, it was tricky. Like I just replaced the wine bottle with the Pellegrino bottle. And then every time I want to drink, I just drank Pellegrino and I just had bottles of Pellegrino and I would just, oh, okay. And then pretty soon it was like, and then I'd have dreams about, I drank something and I wake up in like a cold sweat and all pissed. And be like, <laughs> oh, it was a dream. Okay, cool. I didn't, I didn't break my thing. I didn't. And then after, and then pretty soon, uh, then I realized ultimately that it was really an, a sugar addiction. Right. Mm. And I realized that really it was just a sugar addiction. It was the highest level of sugar that should, and that I've been trained from a child with Captain Crunch and then, then, you know, sweet drinks and soda. And, and then uh, I evolved all the way to alcohol and alcohol was the king sugar thing because one of the things that happened was I had a wicked sweet tooth when I stopped drinking like crazy sweet tooth. And I'm like, huh. No wonder they have donuts at AA or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that was the thing. Like I go, no wonder the guys got paid because you just had a wicked sweet tooth. And I never had a sweet tooth. Like mm. I didn't, I was pretty disciplined about. And then, so then I had a, a little bit of like, okay, sweet tooth. And then wean myself off of the, of the sugar stuff and turn that into, you know, a different, I just affected my diet. I've always been 
exposed to really incredible food being in Hawaii just because of all the cultures right. and because we grew up fishing and farming. And so our, our, our culturally, we have a lot of stuff from the land like fish and taro and, you know, breadfruit, just all the, all the stuff that we had. Um, so we understood the power of, of food and, uh, but yeah, but that, 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 so now like I'm going on whatever, 12, 13, 14, yeah, I don't even know how many years and I don't even, I have no interest at all. In fact, I'm, I'm amazed that I had interest like I did. I'm so glad to be, you know, awake, like to yeah. be awake. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a big, a big piece of it. And, 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 and it, it's, it's weird too, because there's a lot of guilt associated with it that drives you. And then all of a sudden you don't have the guilt anymore. So you don't feel like, Hey, I don't need to wake up at 5am and lift a bunch of weights to make up for the fact that I'm doing this other thing. So mm. then you kind of got to go, okay, well, what, how do I got to keep myself waking up at five to keep doing that? Cause I want that part, but that part, some of that was coming with this whole other piece that was this guilt thing that I was trying to make up for it. Right by doing these other things. So, so I was did, running around so doing like some of your work ethic, like drop because, you know, initially. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, Hey, I don't have, I'm not, <laughs> I don't feel guilty about this other thing. So I don't need to try to make up for it. Right. Right. And you're like, Oh yeah, no, you do. You need to be in shape and you got to be ready to ride giant surf. And you, and then you realize that it's, it's that you need to do it for sanity, like all over the eating right and sleeping and, and all the stuff in, in, you know, all the, all the nurturing of the temple. Yeah. All the nurturing of the temple is really designed ultimately to make it so you can have a better quality life. Like, you know, you, you can have your emotions are better. Your, your decisions are better. Your performance is better. Your just everything's better. So that's how you, that's what you, that's what, then you, then you get motivated from that, but it's, a, it's, 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 you know, and I've, and I've experienced it. I've experienced a shift in, uh, in, in how to become motivated. Like one of the, one of the things I went through at one point was, you know, I, I thought, well, if I just ride the biggest, if I'm the best at riding giant waves, that's going to take care of everything, right? That's my mentality. And so then I did it. And then I was like, all of a sudden didn't take care of anything. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm back here again. So then I have to go from, you know, and until then I was using frustration, right? I was using frustration and anger to drive me to be great. Yeah. And then once I got what was considered great, which you know, you can still be great and not feel great, but, or you can not be great and feel great. It's all your perception. But, you know, once I got to be in a position where it was supposed to be, I was supposed to be great. Um, then I was like, wow, this didn't do anything. So then I was like, okay, well now I got to reevaluate why I'm doing it. And so then I went into, wow, I actually love this. I love to surf. I love the ocean. I love to be in the ocean. I'm so thankful for surfing. Let's do it for that. And so then that just changed everything. And then I, you know, and, and that made a, a, a big, a big, there was another big, that was a shift again in motivation, right? Another big shift in motivation where you're coming from one emotion, you know, are you either using anger or fear or guilt or one of these other things we're going into, okay, now we got to be motivated from contentment. Like, you know, <laughs> let's, let's be content and be motivated from contentment. That's hard. That's not easy because contentment doesn't have a lot of push in it. You know, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> how do you accept where you're already at and yeah. keep pushing? Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. I love the quote alcohol is the only drug that you need an excuse not to use. Yeah. Well, you know, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and also, too, it's interesting how 
how critical people are of it. Oh, you don't drink anymore. Oh, da, da, da. like there's a lot of weird stuff going on that you realize really is out of people's own guilt in doing yes. it. That then all of a sudden you don't, and then you you're like a mirror, and then no one then they're mad at you. Yeah, just at you, and you're like, what are you mad at me for? Or like, but there's a it's a it's an interesting dynamic that happens, especially in you know relationship with friends and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like no, they know that they don't want it. Yeah. Like, you know, they, yeah. friends are trying to get me wasted, so they would feel better about what they were doing. Absolutely, a- absolutely. That's so. That's I mean, that's that. So that peer pressure stuff, like, oh, we're we're not good enough for you anymore. Like, you yeah. know, like they yeah. love to do that. Like, you go back home someplace, and they're like, oh, come on, yeah, get all you know, <laughs> get drunk with us, and you're like, oh yeah, I don't drink, and they're like, what? Oh man, what we don't, you know, we're not good enough for you. I'm like, well, actually, no, it's that nothing with you. It's, I don't drink, like, yeah. but. But there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff around that that and like you said, and that's how it is. Eventually, you think, oh, I'm going to lose all my friends. I'm going to lose all these stuff, and then you just realize, actually, anybody that you had that in common with, you don't really need to be friends with, and you're going to have a whole new set of people that you're going to be with that are going to be so much more on the same level that you are that right. that's going to you're going to really be thankful. <laughs> yeah, and a lot yeah. of those people too. To be fair to them, I found other ways to connect with them outside of bars. You For know? sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's like, yeah. let's go, you know, surf. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah. yeah. No, for, no, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Just because we were talking about drinking, like surf culture and how it's changed. Because I feel like the booze and the drugs, like there's so many of those old movies of people overdosing in the surf culture and, and how that's evolved. Well, I mean, I think in general, you know, well, first of all, one of the stigmas I think that we had, we were living down in surfing and we have been living down is that just the athleticism, you know, that, that, the, that the professionalism, I think that, you know, that we've always had a difficult time being taken seriously part of it because the movies always depict, you know, the surfers as, you know, not the most intelligent guys. And then also uh, come combined with, you know, you're at the beach with girls in bikinis and somehow, how can that just be a serious sport? Like where's all the dirt sweat, and grunt and grind. And so, um, you know, I think that there's a certain level of that. I think, I think the partying around surfing was also connected to enjoyment that there's been a certain level that surfing is a very enjoyable act. And I think there's a, the, there's a hunger for enjoyment that they, that when, when there's not surf, you're still looking for the hunger, the body craves it. So you, so they're looking at through, you know, other artificial means. Um, you know, the fact is, is that now, now we just, the performances and the, and the level of, 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 of surfing in general, you got to be in shape. I mean, we're riding bigger waves than we've ever ridden. We're putting ourselves in more risk than we've ever, the athleticism within surfing is at, at a, at a, at a level that you just, you're not going to do it unless you train. Right. And, and so there's, 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 so there's that evolution within it um, as well. I think that, that there's been a, a there's been a, a, I mean, first of all, there's been a, a, you know, kind of a shift over time to that people are being taken more and more seriously in it just because we surfing has been around and we've, and, and it's the way it's grown and, you know, and, 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 and because you have, uh, you know, high, high level surfers that aren't just all, you know, fast times at Ridgemount Hyde, you know, they're not all like, yeah, dude, all cool, awesome, you know, there's, like, I think we've lost a lot of that, you got a lot of guys that are dead serious, and highly talented, and, 
you know? And so you're, the kids are looking up to them. They're not all drugged out and stupid. And so, you know, there's, they're, they're, they're looking at their, they're looking at these guys and they're, and they're going to emulate them, right? They're going to, you know, if you're, if you're looking up to Kelly Slater or John, John Flores or any of the, you know, the high level, you know, world champ Brazilians and the, just all these guys, I mean, you're, you're going to see they're dead serious and they're professional and they train. And so the, all the kids that are looking are doing that too. So that's, I think that's a big, a big piece of, 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 uh, of it. I think it's, I mean, I think that there's a, you think any of that, like, really competitive nature to it it almost feels like the olympics in some ways takes out any of the fun from those people i know it's obviously up well, to them what they want to do i mean i i'm from the complete other side of the spectrum right so i'm i'm from the i, I i'm from the cre- more of the creative side right so i'm 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 more of the artistic side of it yeah. even though i i even though i i you know focused on giant wave riding because i felt that that was the apex i felt like everything below giant is just it's it, it you know it's like you go to you go watch skiing right and you got you got super g right and you got super g and the guys go from the top of the mountain to the bottom as fast as they can and everything else for me every time you're slowing down you know that's then you can do maneuvers and it just changes the whole thing but the 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 apex you know, the apex is formula one, the apex is highest speeds, biggest waves. I mean, this is where I look at, you know, uh, this is what I, I, in my perception of what my interest was, was that, that, that I just looked at that as like, you know, you're the king of that. You're the king of the hill. Like that's just your thing. That's your, that's where it all. And then, and then, the, and then we have all these other, you know, then you have a bunch of other different aspects. You got freestyle and you got, you know, giant slalom and regular slalom, and you got all these other disciplines, but the king of it for me and my thing, but it's still about self-expression, right? So you still, it's a, it's art. And so this is the way, and so, and when you have competition, that's a different thing. That's man against guy. That's guy against guy. That's a format. And there's a certain level of, uh, there's a certain restraint in that, that doesn't allow you to have the freedom to just do it how you want, when you want. You just can't, because if you do, you won't have success. So you'll have success in a, in a competitive framework when you participate in a way that will make you succeed, which means that there's a framework. There's a certain things that judges are looking at and say ways to score and the guys that are winning surf this way. And, you know, and they, and there's a little, there's a similar thing. And I think it does hold back uh, a little bit, the freestyle. I mean, one of the reasons why surfing evolves like it does, because we have both sides. So we got the Harlem Globetrotters on the one side, and then we have the other, and then we have the NBA, and they're both influencing. And so all of a sudden, maneuvers from the Harlem Globetrotters shift over and get in the NBA, and then they start working, and they're functional. And so we have that kind of unique dynamic in surfing that a lot of sports don't have. Um, and we have the freedom to kind of, it's dance, it's, it's music, it's food, it's, it's there's, there's, there's the creativity and the uniqueness and individuality is open. It's just open. You're not, you're, 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 there's really no wrong way. Right. I mean, you can get some bad critics from the, you know, grit and grind group that want to talk smack, 
you know, <laughs> yeah. give you a hard time. Well, that's not surfing. And this is surfing and people trying to tell you what surfing is. And you're well, like, that was a big thing, right? When you were doing the, your big wave stuff and people were saying, well, if you're getting pulled in on a jet ski, it doesn't count. Right. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is, which is, which, you know, which, which at the end of the day, it's like, again, it's, it's, it's your own, how you want to do it the way you want to do it. Somehow right. it doesn't count, but now all the giant biggest waves in the world, everybody's being towed into. And I can tow you into a giant wave at Chopu or at, at Nazare or at Mavericks or at Jaws. And just cause you got towed in, isn't, it's not a guaranteed you're going to make it because you see the guys don't even make it. So yeah. there's still about the riding and the performance. And, yeah. and again, I think that, that, um, I mean, I, I experience a lot of that, right? In my, in my, in, in my thing, I, we, I experience a lot of, well, that's not even surfing if you're doing it this way. And our, well, then it's like, well, Hey, if you're not riding that, this kind of board, it's not surfing. If you're not wearing this color wetsuit, it's not surfing. Yeah, where does it Your end? Your hairdo's yeah. not like this. Where does it end? Like, yeah, where does that exactly. end when it's not surfing? That's the whole thing about surfing. It's just the act of riding the energy of a wave. You, you know, I mean, body surfing, boogie boarding, knee boarding, stand up paddle prone long board i mean just go down foiling i mean go down the list it's right. like these are just tools it's like saying painting with your hands not painting well no yeah. it's painting it's still painting i'm painting with my hand i'm painting with a brush i'm painting with a stick i'm painting with a you know it's painting it's like well, you paint how you want to but so i think there there is a restraint you know there is a certain restraint that happens when we try to box it up right we want to box it and put parameters and say well this is what it is so you're that and this is what it is brian keolana is a is a great you know he's like a hawaiian king he has a great quote he said don't define me by my equipment mm. don't define me by my equipment i always love that quote because i'm like yeah don't define me by my equipment like i'm a carpenter sometimes i use a saw sometimes i use a hammer i got a square i got a pencil i got a drill i got all kinds of stuff i use use different things at different times for different purposes. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about, about surfing and doesn't make any one any more or any less than another one. I mean, I have my own personal preferences and my own approach to things. I mean, I also did a, a discipline within surfing that really benefited me because of my size and because of my, the way I surfed and the way I, what I wanted to do that it, and I was fortunate that I could like all of a sudden be like, well, I'll just create this thing that I'm going to be good at. Perfect. You know, it's like, awesome like when do you get to do that that's a pretty that's a for me i go that's a free that's a free world right that's that's freedom that's true freedom when you can just you can do it you can you can create a scenario that is suited for you yeah beautiful I, how yeah. beautiful is that that's great like you know that's one of the things I love about you, man. Like, and I know, you know, Tim Ferriss, you went on his show Yeah. when I, I read four hour work week, when I was living in New York city, doing the wall street thing. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, I want to be like a coach and a podcaster and travel. And yeah. all, everyone had wall street was like, no, bro, you can't, you can't, you can't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Yeah. Like, well, I am going to, so. Like, yeah. Have a whatever. nice, have a nice, but that's the point. I think that's, we want to hold each other back. And it's back to, you know, we talk about quitting quitting alcohol, alcohol quitting pornography yeah. just quitting like having that discipline yeah. like that always intimidates people because then they're like well what am i doing you know there's yeah. a there's a great woman entrepreneur that that um and i can't even remember her name i just remember the quote they asked her you know if i have a really good idea what would you recommend and she says don't tell anybody for a year and they're yeah. like well what do you mean yeah she goes because they'll just discourage you they'll they'll 
they're yeah. just they're just going to discourage you. So when you have a really good idea, don't tell anybody because they're going to be like, "That's stupid. Why would you do that? That's lame. That doesn't make sense." I mean, they're just going to yeah. because they will because ultimately because I think it's a human thing. Like keep them down, keep everybody down yeah. because then I don't want to have to. What if I? Well, if you have a good idea and then you're going to do things, then what about my idea that I have? And then I have, to, but then I might fail. Nobody wants to fail. So if we don't start, we don't fail. So let's just keep it right there. So I think it really, it's an interesting thing of, that we do to each other, but to ultimately it's to ourselves. I think we are really scared of failing. And I think that that, once you get over that, like you don't care about failing or looking bad in front of people and i go then you set yourself free then you're just like you're free and you get to fly and it's and, the, and and every little piece that you give to the other people is a chain on you at the end and pretty soon you're just going to be chained down and you're not going to move and i think it's you know and i think it's i think that happens to a lot of people i think and then not and it's not their fault it's just the way that the way we are to each other and to ourselves like I, like I said, my mom always said, you know, we are each our own greatest inhibitors. We hold ourselves back. And, a lot, and, 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 it, and it comes from fear. It comes from the fear, the fear of failure, the fear of social acceptance, the fear of, you know, the fear of just being wrong. I mean, all just go down the list, you know? Yeah. And well, and I feel like I'm talking to the perfect guy in the world right now about fear. Because oh, yeah. you're just like the that, yeah. <laughs> like a guy, a guy about fear. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're going after these 50, 100 plus foot waves. Like, do you do you feel like you don't have fear? Do you feel like you have reliance on a higher power? Like, where? <laughs> where is you that know, I, I mean, I think. Uh, listen, I, I think there's a combination of a few things. I think, I think that uh, when you know, I always say there's a, there's these three main things happening when people are doing something. Uh, somewhat dangerous and and there's usually uh, there's ignorance there's denial and then there's just you're operating within your skill level and your understanding and then there's just a combination of both of those maybe a little bit of skill a lot of ignorance a little bit of denial maybe a lot of denial maybe a little bit of ignorance and you know fair amount of skill I think think there's a there's a those three things seem to exist pretty pretty well Um, and you know I I I mean you got to have some faith always I, I think you don't go into any situation not believing i think if you if you if you go in not believing it's going to be very very difficult for you especially um if you don't make it you know if you don't succeed um it's going to be it's just going to be like a coffin but uh but i you know i, I mean you know i i think i think that i also um, I, I, I quote, I talk about free solo, you know, where they guide, they do the, they do the, the brain scan on the guy and they, on Alex, and then they go, oh, you know, he doesn't react to the danger, like the way other people do. And this, and then I go, well, but I go, I thought a lot about that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's that. I think what happened was, I think he was exposed to danger so often as a young climber that he was always in a position and that he was on such high alert. I think the body adapts and i think that the body it's it's too stressful for the system to be in danger that often that much and so when you are in these positions that you're scared but then you don't die then your brain kind of goes well the last thousand times we were in that spot nothing happened 
So yeah. let's not be so scared because it's taxing. It's very taxing on our system. So the system adapts to start to become more tolerant and not react with, with full stress. And I, I think that that's, because I feel like I have a similar, I experienced a similar thing from growing up in Hawaii and, and, you know, being sucked out to sea a lot when I was a young kid. And, you know, when you're a child and you get sucked out to sea, I mean, every time you get sucked out, you think you're going to die. Right. And, you know, it's like a scary movie. You know how scary movie is, how scary a scary movie is when you're a little kid? Scary. Yeah. <laughs> like Jaws is scary. Everything's scary. And it's real scary because you feel like, again, you know, everything is absolute, right? When you're a kid, right? Everything is so, you know, black and white. So, so I think that that, that stress growing up and then being exposed to that for so long, I think what happens is you become, uh, you just have a different relationship with it. I think you don't, you don't react the same way. Uh, you, 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 you doesn't mean you're not scared. I think it's important to be scared. I, I think being scared is, it, it's mandatory. It's like, I told somebody, I go, have you ever seen how fast, you know, an antelope can run from, from a cheetah? I mean, that's scared. Like they're fast. They're faster than the cheetah. Yeah. That's how, and the cheetah is the fastest animal in the world. And the antelope's faster than the cheetah. Like it gets away a lot. And so I go, and that's scared. That's fear, fear driving the, the antelope and creating the, 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 the speed and the energy. And so I think being scared is important. I think how you harness it, what you do with it, that separates people. Uh, um, obviously yeah. it separates, separates us from, from each other, but, but when you have a relationship with it and you use it as, I mean, it, you get some incredible superpowers. I mean, you know, moms lift up cars to get their kids out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, yeah. But no, yeah. I, I was just going to say though, I, I think like in my personal experience of, uh, when you do something that you're like, oh, I could never do this. And then you do it. And then you keep challenging yourself in similar and even more pressing situations. The fear lessens because your body is adapting. Your nervous system is realizing, okay, you did this and you didn't die. And it wasn't so bad. And, and I mean, was that the case for you? Like your first big wave versus yeah. like now it just kind of became more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only, your only danger is complacency. So the only, the only danger, and that's, and that's something that, that you never want. You never want to become complacent. Um, I can, I know I can give you a list of, of the complacent guys that have burrowed in, um, you know, whether they were complacent in base jumping or, right. or whatever, I'm invincible. whatever, whatever it was, just, you just become a little too comfortable and yeah. you drop your guard. Don't drop your guard. Always be, you know, like my daughter says, always be ready You know, she's <laughs> behind me and hits me when I'm not looking. And, and like, I'm like, and she's like, always be ready. So there's something about, about that right and 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 also just respect right respecting listen if it's a giant wave if it's a giant mountain if it's if it's nature like in and nature in its glory respect yeah respect respect yeah. respect the power um which will keep you on guard it'll keep you aware it'll keep your spider senses on i think that that's just that's a, that's a, that's, that's just, that's a mandatory. That's just, I mean, the whole no fear. I'm not scared. Those are usually the most scared people. And it's not true because that's bad assessment. If you're, if you're in a situation, if you're flying over, you know, 18 school buses on your motorbike and you're like, oh, I wasn't even scared. I'm like, bad job. Not good. 
that's not good. That's good. You need to be scared. You need, you need to be scared. Now doesn't mean don't do it. Doesn't mean don't do it. Well, doesn't, it doesn't, it just means just be, uh, pay attention, be aware that, that it's, it's, you know, you should be scared. It is dangerous, all those things, but have that make you better assessment, better, better judgment, better decision-making, have that influence you and take that, harness that energy. That energy is, that's some crazy powerful stuff. What are you working on these days? What's next for, for Laird Hamilton? Well, there's no end. I mean, I'm still trying to survive raising daughters. So that's <laughs> how that, old are they? That's ever, I have a, a well, I have 25 year old and I have a 18, just turning and a fresh 18 year old. And then I have a 13 year old. So wow. I'm, 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 an, I'm kind of, on at different stages in calibration, you know, uh, as, as we go different, different levels of, of, but it's, 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 it's all, it's all good. Girls are definitely the superior race for sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm just defending myself the best yeah. I can. Yeah. You know? You're outnumbered, man. <laughs> oh yeah. I have a male dog that's intact. So that's my only, you know, that's uh, me and my, my dog sit in the corner and kind of, <laughs> you know? and, I, and I have a young big wave rider that, that, that's been living with us training. So I got this, uh, I got a kid from uh, half moon Bay that, that, that trains at my house and lives with us right oh. now. He's in Mavericks up there looking at the, at the uh, giant swell, but he, um, so I have one male Gabby says, yeah, you know, you need a friend. So I got a, a young, like, you know, I got a young 19 year old, 20 year old stud who's him and I work out together and, and, uh, we, we Uber, we Uber the girls around and nice. do, do, what, do what we do. But you know, right, right now, just all the same stuff. Um, you know, super layered superfood is, is that's one of my main focuses right now because of the opportunity to really make a difference out there in the world. Like yeah. something that can have impact It's having impact. So Laird superfood is a big, a big push. Uh, XPT always, you know, always is a, is a, is a big thing. And I mean, Gabby's got her podcast and she's got some incredible guests. So I'm always learning vicariously through her. Um, I got my, the training stuff. I'm always in, in training mode at different times of the season right now we're coming into the winter so i'm focused on on riding big big surf i think that's a you know a big piece of it my uh kind of the majority i all my efforts right now in wave riding are focused on foils so i'm i have about four different five different disciplines of foiling that we're we're, we're doing um and then and and so that that's a big because I, I you know i think I, what i what i've come to understand is i'm really interested in doing what i haven't done not what i have done and I think uh, that's that's really working. I, I really like doing what I haven't done, going where I haven't gone. Um, you know, just cementing in what you've done. I think sometimes that's a more of an ego thing. And, yeah. and you know, like let me show you what I are, da da da. Or you know, I did that. I should. I got to do it again, kind of th- stuff. Part of it's out of you, out of fear. You want to do what you you know. But um, but I, yeah. So I've been I've been so that stuff. So I have my you know I have my relationship and family and and health. I mean, that's, that's the, you know, the business stuff and then, and then, and then performance, performance, um, stuff. So, I mean, there's, there's not enough hours in the day, right. Yeah. At the end, no matter what, but keeping, keeping the, keeping the pieces all, you know, attached and working. That's, that's a challenge, you know, all the body parts attached and working. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I saw some, uh, the last movie, uh, ride every wave or, um, yeah. Take every wave, take every wave by your hip. Yeah. 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 Uh, super encouraging too. Cause like, you know, just to yeah. see like we all get beat up and no one's perfect 
you know ever ever you're um, not what as soon as you come into this world and you take one breath of air you're you're you drop from 100 percent down to 99 and then it's just a matter of you know how much destruction do you do along the course so it's it's yeah. all it's always about operating with what you have right so it, it, i mean i think we have to be careful of getting ourselves in the in the in the uh mindset that you know somehow i got to be 100 percent, and that's why i cannot you know perform like i want to perform no you just take whatever percentage you got that's working and you perform and you just keep keep moving that's the i have a, a late friend mr wildman who uh, um who uh, NASM, which is this uh, National Sports Academy, uh, they they're giving him an award. But Mr. Wildman was a, a big, uh, just a, a huge influence on me and somebody I really respected. And he he, uh, but he he just till the end, man. That guy just was full speed to the end, to the very last day. And you know, I look at that, I go, that's the way to do it. Just you just go. You go till the end and then it's over and then it's all good. You know, play full out. No regrets. Oh yeah. Full wow. out, full out wow. all the way. Well, Hey, I just want to say thank you for being you like your oh, whole yeah. life and your whole journey. Seriously. Thanks. because I mean, yeah. I moved out to California because I wanted to surf all the time. And yeah. I would, like I was telling you before we started, like I was lucky enough to get down to long beach. I know you're a Rockaways guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, there was just like something special about the ocean and surfing. And I literally moved here for the weather and so I could surf. And well, congratulations to you for making that, for making that, you know, that effort that takes courage. That's a big, that was a courageous, you know, leave your thing that, you know, and all that stuff that's that go into the unknown. That's some real, that's some, some real pioneering spirit. You know, that's like, that's what, that's how the world got discovered at some point. We had to have that attitude. So congratulations to you uh brennan that's a that's a i get i give you my hats off to you because that that takes some courage and a lot of people are, are just not willing to do that and they're gonna miss out i mean you'll you're you can tell them they're gonna miss out on the best thing that ever happened just take the leap of faith oh thank you man i mean so much <laughs> coming from you dude like wow you just made my day um and yeah just to finish up what i was gonna say to you like thank you for you know, being you in the surfing world and for everything you did professionally and continue to do. And also um, in your family and spiritual life and, you know, alcohol, fatherhood, husbandry, like so many of the times where I've been Googling you and following you, it's like Gabby's right there. And you guys are talking about marriage and family, like just such a thing. Again, we live in this, you know, success world. Um, yeah. So it's super refreshing, man, just to like, see you guys and, and vulnerable too. like, here's where we almost got divorced and here's this and here's that. And yeah. Here's what I called her the first day she interviewed me. Like, you know, don't hold back. Well, we try, you know, I think you just don't have to look, you don't have to look over your shoulder. You just, I think it's important to, at least for us, sometimes you're, you put your, you you know, you're vulnerable, but never more vulnerable when you're not telling the truth. So yeah. I think, I think you just tell the truth, let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, right. at the end, you just don't have to look back. And so I think that that's, I know, I, I know I like to live that way. I prefer not to have to worry about, Hey, what'd I say? And how'd I say it? And, you know, things change along the way, just because we learn and hopefully we, we change, like hopefully we, you know, and what we think, you know, one thing this year might be something next year. And that's part of being intelligent and that's part of evolving. But I think that the foundation of that never changes that the, the being honest and, and, you know, and, and opening up your heart, you got to be vulnerable. You don't, you don't, you're not going to, you're not going to 
experience everything there is if you don't hang yourself on the line you you know you just need to get we need we we gotta and, and it's not easy to do it's not easy to do and you're gonna get you know you sometimes you get wounded but it's without that you just you're gonna miss all of the best things that there are to experience and that's i, I think we just have to gotta live by that yeah, no, that's so good. And and one of the biggest takeaways I'm having from this conversation is that when you talked about compassion and empathy being a huge part of the heroic journey and, and of masculinity, because there's so much of these YouTube channels and analyses on being more masculine, all about brute force, strength, power. And I think that's part of it, but also having, you know, being in touch with your emotions and compassion, like, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it's, 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 yeah, because at the end of the day, you need that checks and balances, right? We need that yin and the yang. We need that checks and balances to keep us on task because otherwise we're, we're going to get, well, we're going to let our ego get in the way. And and believe me, the wave doesn't care about, you know, strength and power. It's going to yeah. show, show you what strength and power is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I've been there already, not to your level, yeah. but I've been tossed. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all relative. It's all yeah. relative. It's all yeah. relative. Yeah, yeah. Well, Laird Hamilton, big wave surfer, husband, father, yeah. inspirational man. Thank you so much for coming on Brandon, the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Aloha. 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 You know, Gabby said that to me when she called me before. She goes, uh, Aloha, Brendan. It's Gabby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.